Welcome to the Happy Homestead Podcast. I'm thankful that you found your way here. You're in the right place if you're looking for meaningful conversation that's raw, that's genuine, and that is centered around Christ. There may also be some conversation sprinkled in about coffee, chickens, day-to-day life that tends to be a bit messy, and also some things about the Enneagram. I hope that you can snuggle up with me with a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and that we can dive in together and that this becomes a safe, relaxing place of rest for you. Thank you for joining me. My name is Elizabeth and I'm excited for this journey. Blessings. So just a heads up, there's going to be lots of scripture reading. Um, It's primarily going to be out of the book of John. So if you want to go ahead and flip there, the first um, part that we'll be reading is chapter 15. And I don't know why um, I've been so nervous about speaking tonight. I've spoken in front of all of you, I don't know how many times, but... I don't know if it's just because we're coming off of a revival or, or what, but uh, anyways, you've got me to listen to tonight, so um, just uh, bear with me, and I hope that I hope that I can convey this in the way that the Holy Spirit um, conveyed it to me and laid it on my heart, um, and so we'll just jump right in here. Um. Also, this, I was telling my mom today, I worked with her a lot today, and I just kept telling her, I don't know if I want to speak this lesson. Um, It's a kind of a tough one to speak, and it's not one that I'm speaking at you, it's to me. Um, And so, the the Lord, um, during one of my Bible studies this last week, He he asked me a question, um, and that, that's what spurred this lesson here. And um, anyways, I'm just going to jump in. So we're living in a day and an age where there are many that are willing to tell you of the love of Jesus. Albeit, it's a watered-down version of who Jesus actually was and is. We're living in a time where love is pushed by the mainstream media, but not repentance. A time where acceptance of sin is demanded without reproof. We live in a culture of love. Love, I'm doing air quotes. Where true love is non-existent. We have churches that are filled and are spilling over. But Christ is not welcome and truth is not taught. You cannot pick and choose the word of God. Either you abide in him fully or you will be as the branch that he casts into the fire. And so we're going to read John chapter 15, the first eight verses where Jesus tells us this. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Each branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
and every branch that bears fruit he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. We're also going to flip over. Um, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians out of chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. I believe I'm reading out a new King James. So it replaces um, the word charity for love. It's the same thing. So love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. But rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So I just read two really um, familiar passages, I believe. They're taught a lot um, in church. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we all know as the love chapter. Um, and it tells us what love is. John chapter 15 not only tells us that his word cleans us, but it also tells us that if we don't abide in him, we can do nothing and that we will be cast out into the fire. So then, how can we teach love if we do not also teach repentance? How can we love others if we sit idly by and do not also tell them the good news of the gospel? How can we love others if we rejoice with them in sin, but not in truth? The Bible tells us that true love does not rejoice in sin, but that true love rejoices in truth. So we should be quick to proclaim that our Father in Heaven loves us, and that He loves us so much that He sent His Son so that we may be saved and escape hell. Likewise, we should love our fellow brethren enough to tell them when they do have error. We shouldn't go around judging each other with a prideful or a boastful attitude, but we should instead act in love and allow for the Holy Spirit to work in their hearts. True love. How can we truly love others without reproof? How can we truly love others if we turn a blind eye to injustices done to those within the church, caused by people of the body who claim to love all, but whose actions prove otherwise? How can we love others if we allow envy, pride, and rude behavior into our sanctuaries? If the world's version of love alone is enough, why did Jesus have to die? If hell and the grave aren't real and God doesn't allow his people to go to hell, then why did Jesus have to suffer and be slain? 
God doesn't want his people to go to hell, but he does allow for it to happen because he gives us all free will. We hear so much of the world's definition of love, which is an intense feeling of deep affection. A love based purely off of feelings and emotions. While we simultaneously hear so little of what and who love actually is. The church as a whole has become so caught up in the glamour of this world and what this world tells us we must accept that our body as a whole has fallen away from the truth of the word and what it tells us is right. The church as a whole has not only become accepting of sin, but tolerant of it and even embracing it. Churches across the globe are rejoicing in sin and are completely avoiding and rejecting truth. There are so many individuals being hurt by the church and false teachings within the church. So many people are running away from Jesus instead of to him because of hurts that they have experienced by those of us that are supposed to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. As a church in the body of Christ, we should be able to stand out, be set apart, and to be the living, breathing example of true love. Something that the world is so desperately seeking, whether they realize it or not. We should be able to stand in the margins where so many have fallen through the cracks and be there to help aid and assist. We should be able to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And so I know I've been talking all about what the Bible tells us love is, how love is not merely a feeling or an emotion, but love is patient, it's kind, how it doesn't rejoice in sin, but it rejoices in truth, that love bears all things, endures all things, and that love never fails. We know that true love is the embodiment of Jesus And thank God that true love is not based on mere feelings, but off of sacrificial love and pursuit. So tonight I want to shift the perspective a little bit. I want to present this to you, like I said earlier, in a way that the Holy Spirit um, dropped it into my spirit. And how he laid it on my heart. So... In a world where love is referred to often and flippantly, in a world where love is merely feeling and emotions, in a world that crucified true love to a cross only to turn around and proclaim love without repentance is all you need to get into heaven. I want to ask you, what does love mean to you? How do you love And what and who is it that you love? So flip with me to John chapter 13. We're going to read verses 3 through 17. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. 
After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And then John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus tells us that in order to love him, we must keep his commandments. Jesus was the living, breathing embodiment of love. Jesus shows us in the beginning of John chapter 13 how deep his love for us truly is by washing the feet of his disciples, including Judas, who he knew would betray him. He later in John chapter 13 commands his disciples to wash one another's feet and in verse 34 to love one another as he loves us. Um, A clip from a commentary I'd like to share with you says this. It is easy to think of loving Jesus in merely sentimental or emotional terms. It is wonderful when our love for Jesus has sentiment and passion, but it must always be connected to keeping his commandments or it isn't love at all. So what does Jesus command us to do? He commands us to go forth to spread the gospel to care for the orphans and the widows, to love one another as he loves us, to follow him, to be persecuted, to live a righteous life, to be obedient to what his word says. But he didn't stop there. He knew that we would be in need of help, that we couldn't do it on our own because we are human and we fall so short. So he sent us his helper, the Holy Spirit, so that he would never ever leave us John chapter 14 verses 15 through 17 says if you love me keep my commandments and I will pray to the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you I will not leave you orphans I will come to you 
John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. This is the last reading that we're going to do. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this to him, he said, follow me. So I know the message hasn't been super long tonight. And I've said all of what I said just to relay one simple question to everyone here. The question that I know that the Lord asked me and that he told me to ask you. So Jesus is asking us tonight, do you love me? He tell <clears throat> sorry. I'm going to ask him one more time. Do you love me? He tells us that the world can't know him because the world does not dwell with him. But we do, or we should. Unlike the world, we should know the Holy Spirit. Unlike the world, we should have the Holy Spirit in us. So to those of us that do dwell with him, let's take him into all of the world so that they may also know him. His word says that they, they can't know truth. They don't know him. We are to step out in faith and allow for the Holy Spirit to help us tell the world about who true love really is. You know, the world, like I said in the beginning of the message, they, they think they know what love is. They think they know how to fill that void. They think they know Do you love him? Do you really love him? Do you love him enough to wash the feet of those who betray you? 
Do you love him enough to leave everything behind and follow him when he calls? Do you love him with a love that isn't based on feeling or emotion, but a love that truly says, here I am, I'm yours, use me, send me, I love you. Do we love him enough to feed and to tend to his sheep when it requires sacrifice? Do we truly love him as he loves us? I didn't know what I was going to speak because that's all he gave me at first was, do you love me? And when I read... What we just read, where he asks Peter in John 21 three times, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then he tells him, You used to go and do what you wanted to do, but no more. No more. You're going to stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. Do you love him enough that if he asks that of you to go and to do what you don't want to go and do, that you will be able to say, your will, Lord, not mine. In a world where truth is rejected in a world where truth is impossible seems like to find. I don't have my Bible up here, but we have truth in our hands, on our phones. Do we love him enough to love the ones To love the ones that hate us. Do we love him him enough to share that truth with them? And so, I'm done. And I know that wasn't like a feel-good message. But I really feel that... uh, He's calling all of us, not just me, not just the leaders in this church. Each and every one of you here tonight are not here by coincidence or happenstance. He's calling you. He's asking you. He's telling you to follow him, especially if it requires sacrifice. He 
say it would be easy? He tells us just the opposite. You know, you go to buy a car, you'd look at the car salesman and tell him they were nuts if he stood there and told you, you know, you're gonna get down the road and this thing's gonna break down and uh, it's gonna have some rough times and some big bills in the shop, but in the end, it'll be worth it. You'd look at him and be like, you're nuts. Probably not the best analogy, but. He sent them out of sheep among wolves. What? He sent them out of sheep among wolves. Right, sheep among the wolves. He does promise us, though, fulfillment like what you've never had until you truly surrender it all to Him. If you weren't able to be in this revival, doesn't mean you can't come to the next one. Doesn't mean you can't be in service. Doesn't mean you can't still reach out to him where you're at, in your car, driving down the road, in your house, in the living room, on the floor. He just wants you. And he wants you to love him how he loves you. And I, I know it seems like I'm beating a dead horse. I just feel it so strong. Do you love him? If he walked in, Physically, would you know him? Would you recognize his voice if he talked to you? He just wants you to get closer to him. And he wants you to follow him. And he loves you, regardless whether you believe it or not. And he just asks the same from you. He just wants you to step out in faith that he's going to take care of you because he will. Thank you for joining me as I spoke live at my hometown church, Full Gospel Tabernacle. Um, If you ever want to listen to any of the messages um, of Full Gospel Tabernacle, the church that I regularly attend, we do have a Facebook page. You can check us out. Um, It's just Full Gospel Tabernacle uh, Church of Iberia, Missouri. So go ahead and look that up if you'd like to. If you're local and you'd like to visit, I would love to see you. If anything that was spoken on this evening encouraged you or touched your heart in any way, I ask that you share so that it would bless somebody else. And I encourage you to just ponder in your heart, do you love him the way that he loves you? 
Thank you so very much for tuning in, and I pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you and makes his face shine upon you and your family and your loved ones. God bless you.